Well, good evening, Family Church Haven, and welcome to Sunday Night Local. Here we are on the 13th of December 2020, and uh, I hope that you've had a good day and a good Sunday, whatever you've been up to, even though it's been pretty miserable out there, isn't it, weather-wise, and pretty dark and dingy. But Christmas is coming, and it's not too long away now, and we celebrate the birth of our Saviour, and also get to eat lots of mince pies and Christmas pudding, whatever it is that you uh, maybe enjoy at this time of year. I've got my Christmas mug today. Actually, I say it's my Christmas mug. I've just nicked it uh, from Kirsty because it stores a lot of tea. And if you know me, I'm a big tea drinker. So I've got my cup of tea. Hope you've got your a cup of tea or a mug of coffee or whatever it is that you want to drink tonight as we uh, spend some time together in God's Word. And uh, let me just give a very quick plug before we dive straight into the teaching tonight for our relaunch in January. You heard Pastor Stu this morning talking about Rise Up and Rebuild. And on the 10th of January, we are restarting our Sunday morning services uh, with our particular age group of the Kids Church first, and then we're going to build upon that. So uh, if you're a parent of a school-aged child, let me give this uh, plug and this opportunity if you're watching Sunday Night Local. The registrations are now open for the first half term of 2021 and uh, so from January the 10th to the 14th of February I believe it is um, that first half term you can now register them for their bubble and you only need to register once and they'll be signed up for that whole half term but spaces are limited so make sure that you register in your kids um, now and uh, well not right now listen to a word and then do it straight after um, via the um, registrations app or you can look at the weekly link in the email that we sent out on Friday evening. Um, there'll also be some emails being sent out this week. And also, if you want to volunteer to help us as we relaunch our Sunday morning services, then you've seen the Google form, just fill that in, or email haven't at family.church and we will get right back to you. Okay, let's dive into the Word of God tonight. And uh, hopefully you've got a pen and paper and notepad. Um, if you like taking notes, then tonight is one um, for you. There's going to be a lot of scripture involved tonight, but that's always a good thing when reading the Bible. I'm sure you'd be disappointed um, if we didn't use a lot of the Bible as we're studying God's Word um, together this evening. Um, and so I just pray that this is going to be ministering to you tonight, because over the last um, two weeks, we've been talking about the providence of God. We've had a lot of good feedback um, to this. A lot of people saying it's helped them as they've understood God to be that in their life. And the first week, you may remember, we looked at God's providence in a general biblical sense and carrying a biblical revelation of that. And then we talked about how that applies to us today in the year 2020, this year that in some ways have flown past, and in other ways it felt like it's been 500 years long. Um, this year, um, this season that we find ourselves in, we talked about how does God's providence apply to me today? And then last week, we had a great week listening to different testimonies uh, from people. Massive thank you again to those who shared um, just how God provides in, in different ways. I love how all the testimonies weren't the same. They were different ways that God provided. And I didn't script that or say, can you talk on this? or you? Talk? I just said, can you give an example of God's provision? I love how it was different things for different people at different times. And so we learned a whole lot over the last two weeks about the provision of God, what the Bible uh, terms God's providence towards us. And over those last two weeks, we've been looking at a specific name for God, which is this, Jehovah Jireh. 
Remember that name? It comes from Genesis chapter 22, when Abraham and Isaac go up the mountainside and God has asked Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. And so they go up the mountainside, but God, of course, provides a ram in the thicket to be the sacrifice. And Abraham names that place, the Lord will provide, which is where we get this name from, Jehovah Jireh. And so we've been looking at that over the last two weeks. And how does that apply in our lives? Now, tonight, what I want to do in our time together is expand that thought and look at different names that the Bible gives to God and look at how those names apply to us today and how they can give us confidence, how they can stir our faith in the direction of believing God for whatever it is that we need in our life. So I pray tonight that this would be more than just a biblical study. I pray that this would be something in your life tonight that encourages you to believe God for whatever it is you need. Because by the end of tonight, you're going to see that whatever your need is right now, God himself is the answer. Not God even just provides the answer. He himself, in who he is, is the answer to your need. Now, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is teaching his disciples on the concept of prayer. He doesn't just teach them a formulaic prayer. He teaches them um, what prayer really is all about. You may remember in autumn last year, we spent some time looking at the Lord's Prayer and different aspects of it. And one of the aspects of the Lord's Prayer is this, that Jesus makes a statement, hallowed be your name. You've all heard that before. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now I want us to look at that tonight because notice Jesus doesn't say, um, God, you are holy or God, um, you are to be hallowed, even though those things would be true. But he hones in on the thought of God's name being honoured and reverence above all other names. Why God's name? Now, again, as we've looked at over the last uh, few months in Sunday Night Locals, when we look at a portion of scripture, it's important to look at who is speaking and the context he's speaking in and, and what the audience is. And so here is Jesus teaching on prayer, saying God's name is to be hallowed. And he's speaking to a bunch of Jewish people. Now, we've got to understand that to the Jews, names were vitally important. They weren't just um, something that were chosen because they liked the name or the meaning of the name. It was bigger than that. It wasn't just a way of identifying their children. You know, we have names for our children, of course, that we choose because we like and we like the meaning for me and Kirsty. We, you know, have three children, Gracie, Evie and Jenna, and I can never get the right name when I need it at the right time. Hopefully some parents are sympathising with me and I'm not left here on my own. But whenever I want to say Gracie, I'll go Evie, Jenna, Gracie. Whenever it's Evie I need, it's the other two. And, and, and even making this example, I'm getting the names mixed up. Whatever name I need, it's always the last name that comes to mind. Please tell me in the comments, I'm not the only parent who's that lousy with names. And being as a pastor, you'd hope I'd be even better with names. But you forgive me and you love me even for it all. But anyway, that's a sidestep. Let's get back to the Jewish people. When they named their children, they were talking about their child's future mission. That's why Jesus, his name means saviour. It means rescuer. It means deliverer. That's who Jesus was. When you look at the Old Testament, there's a number of um, important name changes that take place in the Old Testament. You see, uh, and the New Testament as well, you see Abraham become Abraham. Why? Because his mission changed. He was now the father of many nations. We look at the disciple that, that Jesus had called Simon, who he renamed to be Peter. Simon means reed, shifty, uh, shaken by the wind. 
Peter means rock, firm. It was a name change that signified a change in mission. And so this was huge for the Jewish people. And they had 16 or so names for God or of God in the Old Hebrew Testament that we're going to look at tonight. Some of those we're going to look at tonight. Now, why is this important for us in the year 2020? Not just because it grows our biblical understanding, but because when we see God as these things in our life, we learn to trust him to be these things in our life. We get a bigger understanding and concept of who God is. Psalm chapter 9, verse 10. It says, those who know your name trust in you, O Lord. Those who know your name trust in you. So when we know God's name, when we know who he is, we can know to trust in him. Now at different times in your journey with God as you pilgrimage with God through life, God is going to reveal himself to be one or many of these things that we're going to look at tonight and yet the truth remains that he is all of these things all of the time. But yes, God is our provider, but at the very same time, he's also our shepherd. At the very same time, he's also our healer. And we're going to look at those things tonight. And I pray that this is going to encourage you tonight to see God for who he really is. Now, as we've said, one of the things that we've been focusing on over the last two weeks is that God is Jehovah Jireh. That's one of the names we've been focusing in on. And I'm not going to go over that because there's two weeks of teaching on that. Um, but I pray that that stirred you in your faith to look at God as your ultimate provider and the ultimate provision for your life. But he's also this. He's also Jehovah Makadesh. Jehovah Makadesh, the Lord who sanctifies, the Lord who makes holy. Leviticus chapter 20 verse 8, God says, Keep my decrees and follow them. I am the Lord who makes you holy. I am Jehovah Mekadesh. God makes it clear in his word that he alone is the one who can make us holy, who can set apart his people. Now, in the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, the way that God made his people holy were through their observance of the law and through their observance of God's decrees. The way that he now makes us holy in the New Covenant is through our faith in what Jesus Christ has achieved for us. Listen to these words, Colossians chapter 1, verse 22. It says, Yet now God has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you, listen to this, are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. That's how God sees you tonight, as holy and blameless without a single fault. You see, when we see God as Jehovah Makadesh, we suddenly realise that our performance means nothing. It's all about Jesus. Nothing to do with us. Now, this is important because some of you may carry a lot of guilt about something that happened in years gone by or something, mistakes that you've made, things that you should have done, things that you didn't do, things that you did do. Some of you feel like you're never going to be quite good enough. You look at other people who are followers of Jesus and you think they're far better than me and, and you think that you have to earn God's love and approval and, and never quite match up. But God's name reminds us today that we can't make ourselves holy for our works. It's all about Jesus. It is a gift from God. Remember what Ephesians 2 verses 8 to 9 says, 
For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It's nothing to do with you. It is a gift from God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Don't you just love that? God is a God who makes us holy. He's also, the Bible reveals, Jehovah Zichkenu. Now, if my pronunciation is wrong, then forgive me tonight. Jehovah Zichkenu, the Lord, my righteousness. Jeremiah 33 verse 16 says, In that day, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this will be its name. The Lord is our righteousness. But just as God's the one who makes us holy, when we see God as Jehovah Zichkenu, we understand I am righteous because of God alone. We are righteous, not we will be, not one day we hope to be, but we are righteous right now. We have right standing before God today. We are accepted before God this very moment. Why? Again, not because of ourselves, but because of Jesus. Paul explains this in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. Listen to these words. God made him, talking of Jesus, who knew and had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Again, it's so important we see God this way because when we understand this, number one, it reminds us of our need of Jesus. And number two, we stop trying to be righteous in our own strength because that achieves nothing. Romans 3 verse 10, there is none righteous, no one that meets God's standard, not even one. So none of us can be righteous in our own strength. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6. Hopefully you managed to scribble these verses down. Isaiah 64, verse 6. says, All of us have become like one who is unclean. And all our righteous acts, so all our uh, behaviour, all of our trying to achieve God's love and approval, all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. God has given us righteousness today. God has made us holy today through Jesus's obedience, not through our performance, but through the perfect obedience and sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. Romans 5 verse 19. For just as through the disobedience of a one man, Adam, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of a one man, Jesus, the many will be made righteous. Doesn't this make you thankful for Jesus? I pray that it does. So if it's all about Jesus and not about our works, what's our part in this? Do, is there anything that we're left to do? Yeah, there's one thing that we're left to do and it talks about it in Ephesians chapter 4, 23 to 24, that we're to believe and to live in the truth of who we now are. Listen to these words. Ephesians 4, 23 to 24 tells us to be made new, where? In the attitude of our minds, to think of ourselves as holy and righteous, again, not out of arrogance, but out of humble hearts that say, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for us. So we're made new in the attitude of our minds and we put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So tomorrow morning when you wake up and there's a new week before you, you, you don't need to try and impress God by reading chunks of a Bible just so that he sees you reading it. Read it so that you get to know him more, not to try and impress him. You don't need to pray long prayers to try and earn God's righteousness or love. You pray because you want to build a relationship and get to know God more, not to try and impress him. Because he alone 
is our righteousness. He has made us holy. He has set us apart. He has sanctified us. Jehovah Zidkenu. He's also Jehovah Shalom. I love all these titles for God. He is the Lord, my peace. In Judges chapter 6, verse 24, God reveals himself to Gideon as God, our peace. Now, we've covered this thought a lot over the last few months for obvious reasons in Sunday Night Local, that no matter what storms may be going on around you or within you, when you see God as Jehovah Shalom, there's a peace that you gain that the world can't give and the world can't take away. Remember these words that we've looked at a number of times during this time period, John chapter 14, verse 27. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. As we've been teaching, when you merely live by what you see, what you're experiencing right now, the fears that you may have about tomorrow, suddenly there's a turmoil that comes within you. This world can rob you of your peace so easily. But when you live knowing Jehovah Shalom and God's word reveals him in that way, as God our peace, suddenly there's a, a calm within you, a peace that you just can't explain, but it just stands firm even in the midst of what's going on around you. Tonight, God wants you to know him as Jehovah Shalom. He's also Jehovah Rapha. He's the Lord who heals. Just grab one of these, whatever it is you need God to be in your life tonight. He is all of these things and more. Jehovah Rapha. He's the Lord who heals. Exodus chapter 15 verse 26 talks of a Lord who heals you. I remember a couple of Sunday nights ago when talking about God's providence, we talked about this word for salvation, which is a word sozo, which doesn't just mean the, the total remission and, and forgiveness of every sin and transgression, though it does mean that, but it also means wholeness. It means healing and restoration. God is our healer. Let's look at a few ways that God heals. God heals sickness and infirmity. We still believe that at Family Church, but God is a God who can do miracles, but God is a God who heals physical sickness. Psalm 41 verse 3, The Lord will sustain and strengthen him on his sickbed. In his illness, God, you will restore him to health. God is a God who restores health. To people in their mortal and physical bodies. He's a God who heals mental affliction. Jonah says this in Jonah 2 verse 5 to 7, the water surrounded me even to my soul. The deep closed around me, weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. You have brought me up from the pit, O Lord my God. Some of you you feel like you're right in the depths right now. You feel like you're in the valley. You need to know that God, who is a healing God, Jehovah Rapha, can restore you from where you are right now. He can lift your life out of the valley, out of the pit. When my soul fainted within me, Jonah says, I remembered the Lord and my prayer went up to him into your holy temple. He's a God who heals us from spiritual fatigue. Psalm 23 verse 3 says he restores my soul. Remember the invitation, Matthew chapter 11, where Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are heavy laden and weary, and I will give you 
rest. He's a God who heals emotional suffering as well. Psalm 147 verse 3 says he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds, healing their pain and comforting their sorrow. God is Jehovah Rapha. However you need healing today, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, whether it's emotional, whether it's spiritual, he is the God who can provide healing for you today. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's also Jehovah Shammah. These are the ways the Bible describes him. He is the Lord who is there. Ezekiel chapter 48 verse 35 is where we get this reference. And the name gives us this picture of God who is an ever-present one. And I believe that, that some of you need to know that today, that whatever you are journeying through right now, he is with you in the midst of it. He's not watching you from afar. He's not waiting to see how this experiment goes. We talked a lot about this when teaching on faith at the beginning of Sunday Night Local teachings. He is a God who's with you in the midst of whatever you are facing. He is the fourth man in the fire. He is with you in the boat, in the storm that you face. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And so do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Now that last phrase is so important because when we feel abandoned, when we feel alone, what are the two things that come up so often? We feel discouraged and we feel afraid so often when we feel abandoned and completely by ourselves. But when we know Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is with me and whatever I face, suddenly fear goes because perfect love casts out all fear. Suddenly we are encouraged. Suddenly we are strengthened that we know the Lord is here. Now I was talking about Christmas at the very beginning and when we come to Christmas time we remember a lot of the prophecies that are given about Jesus the titles that are given to Jesus himself that would be a whole other study now in Matthew chapter 1 verse 23 it recalls the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 and it says this the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us See, no matter what you're journeying through right now or what you may journey through in the future, the one thing that we can always have an assurance about, a confidence about, a hope in, is that we have Emmanuel, God with us in the midst of what we're facing. You know, when we look at these names for God, it should build faith within us. It should give us a a hope, an assurance, a comfort, a strength. It should turn our our hearts towards worship for who he is. Let's look at a few more. He's Jehovah Rohi. Jehovah Rohi, the Lord, our shepherd. Ezekiel 34, 11 to 12. Ezekiel 34, 11 to 12. says, for this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search and will find my sheep. I will be like a shepherd looking for his scattered flock. I will find my sheep and rescue them from all the places where they have been scattered on that dark and cloudy day. He is the shepherd to the nation of Israel, but to us today as Gentiles, he is our great shepherd. One day, David, who himself was a shepherd, of course, was thinking about his relationship 
to his sheep as a shepherd and he suddenly realised this is how my heavenly father is with me as well. And so he wrote those famous words that we know today in Psalm 23 verse 1. He declared, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. In John chapter 10, Jesus describes himself as the great shepherd, the good shepherd. John chapter 10 verse 11 is the reference. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Isn't that exactly what Jesus did? He sacrificed his life for his sheep, for us, that we may know eternal life with God. So if our Heavenly Father tonight, the way that the Bible describes him, one of the ways is Jehovah Rohi, if he is our shepherd, what does that mean for us? It means a number of things. It means that he will lead us if you allow him to lead you. If you are a true follower of him, then he will lead you and he will lead you into good things for your life. It means that he will protect you. It means that he will defend us from harm, that weapons may be fashioned, but they will not prosper against your life because he will defend you and your family. God will care for us. That's who God is. He is a shepherd to us. He is Jehovah Rohi. Our God is so much to us. He's also Jehovah Sabaoth. Jehovah Sabaoth, which means the Lord of hosts. Now, some of the names that we've looked at tonight are only mentioned once or twice in the Old Testament. Now, this concept of the Lord of hosts is mentioned over 270 times in the Old Testament, and it's often a military reference. And whenever you hear this, the Lord of hosts, often it's talking about, an, uh, the, the word host is about an army or an organised group, and it usually has something to do with warfare or armies or fighting. Now, with that thought in mind, listen to the first time that it's described, 1 Samuel 1 verses 10 to 11. I love what we're about to read here. It says, Hannah was greatly distressed. We're going to look at why she was distressed. And she prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. She made a vow saying, O Lord of hosts, here is his title, Jehovah Sabaoth. O Lord of hosts, if you will look after, sorry, if you will indeed look on the affliction and the suffering of your maidservant and remember me and not forget me, but will give me a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. A razor shall never touch his head, which meant that he was sanctified. Now, this is the account of Hannah. And she's crying out to God. She's in a desperate situation. She's in great distress um, because she's at a time when she is barren. And this is, she's barren at a, a time in history when barrenness was considered um, to be a sign of God's displeasure upon your life. And so she's in distress. She's crying out to God and she prays. And within this prayer, Hannah uses a name for God that's pretty much exclusively used in a military sense, as a battle cry. And so here is Hannah. She's got to the end of herself. There's nothing that she can offer. And she cries out to God. She makes herself desperate, knowing that God could provide the victory. So what does she do? She makes a declaration. She says, I'm going to turn my attention and my focus away from my suffering, away from my um, displeasure, away uh, from my distress. And I'm going to focus my attention and my focus and my love on Jehovah Sabbath. What a great example for us. But when we're in a moment of distress, when we're in a moment of wondering how we're going to do something in life, how we're going to overcome a challenge, but we stop looking at ourselves and our distress 
and we turn our eyes heavenwards towards Jehovah Sabbath. James chapter 5 verse 13 says, Is anyone among you suffering? Then let him pray. But when we are suffering, when we are struggling, we shouldn't hit our knees in despair. We should hit our knees in prayer to a God who is a God who will fight on our behalf. We can come before God in a season of struggle knowing he will fight for us. Jehovah Sabbath is a mighty name. It's implying a God of battle and strength. I love the way A.W. Tozer talks about this when he's talking about the fact that God's power is available to us in our time of trouble. And he says this, acquaint thyself with God. To regain her lost power, the church must see heaven opened and have a transformative vision of God. The God we must learn to know is the majesty in the heavens. God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, the only wise God, our Saviour. Knowledge of such a being cannot be gained by study alone. It comes by a wisdom the natural man knows nothing of, neither can know, because it is spiritually discerned. I love that, but we've got to know God, not as a God who's small, but a God who can do all things. And finally, Let's look at this one, Jehovah Nissi, the Lord our banner. Exodus chapter 17 verse 15 says Moses built an altar there and he named it Jehovah Nissi, which means the Lord is my banner. Now this name for God comes off the back of a strange uh, account in the Bible where the Israelites have been wandering through the wilderness and they suddenly come up in a battle against the Amalekites. And Moses goes to a vantage point and he raises the rod of God, the same rod that was used to get water out of a rock, and he holds it up high, interceding almost for his people, the Israelites. And any time that he has the rod lifted, then the Israelites are winning the battle. But over time, as he gets tired, his arms get weary and he starts to lessen or lower his arms. And all of a sudden, the Amalekites start winning the battle instead. And so we get this account where Aaron and Hur come and they hold up the arms of Moses. They lift up his arms. And as he's able to keep a rod lifted high, God wins the battle for them. It's a strange account in one sense, but it's a great picture of intercessory prayer and standing in the gap and looking heavenwards. And so in this moment that they rejoice at their celebration of their victory. And so he makes an altar and he calls it Jehovah Nissi. The Lord is my banner. What was he saying? We're not responsible for this victory. God is. It's not because we had a mighty army or we had better military tactics. This was all about God. The battle was the Lord's. Now, this name for God shows us something important. That not only is God with us, Jehovah Shammah, which would be amazing in itself. But there's more to it than that. Not only does he go before us and lead us like a good shepherd, Jehovah Rohi, but he leads us into a place of victory. Jehovah Nissi, the Lord, my banner, the banner of victory. He goes before us into the battle. He goes before us into fearful situations. He goes before us even in death. Jesus has gone before us and conquered and paved the way into victory. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14. Let's end with this verse tonight. It says, now thanks be to God 
who always, always leads us in triumph in Christ. Whatever your need is tonight, God is the answer. And I, I pray as you've heard this, I know we've gone through a lot of stuff tonight, a lot of scripture thrown at you, a lot of names. Why not replay this and look at different aspects and maybe you've made notes. I want to encourage you, begin to do your own study. Really what I've wanted to do tonight is to whet the appetite. For some you'll say, well this is enough, I've gained something in my spirit tonight. But for others of you, I've whetted your appetite to know God more for who he truly is. God is not a one-dimensional God, so let's not know him as such. God is so many things to us all at the same time. He is Jehovah Jireh. He's going to provide for you. You're going to be okay. Whatever you're journeying through right now, he is your provision. He's Jehovah Makadesh. He's sanctified you. He has made you holy. You are righteous before God today because he's Jehovah Zidkenu. He's Jehovah Shalom. He is your peace. Stop trying to find peace in the things of this world and find peace in him alone because he is Jehovah Shalom. He's Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. How do you need healing and restoration in your life? Is it physically cry out to him? Is it emotionally, spiritually? What is it that you need God to restore? Look to him, not to other things. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is Jehovah Shammah. Whatever you're journeying through tonight, he is present. He is there with you. He's Jehovah Rohi, your shepherd. He leads you. He protects you. He cares for you. He's Jehovah Sabaoth. He's the all-powerful one for whom nothing is impossible. He is a God of victory. He is a God who will fight for you in battle. And he is Jehovah Nissi. He is our banner and our victory over our life. As we step into this time of Christmas and we remember him sending Jesus to this earth, we know that in the person of the Trinity, we have something so powerful, so loving, so caring, for whom no limits are placed upon. I want you to see God this way. As we end this year, as we step into a brand new year, know God to be these things in your life. Let me just pray for you tonight as we close. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are all these things and more. Lord, I pray that we would be stirred tonight to see you as the answer for whatever situation we are facing right now. Thank you, Father God, that you are our shepherd, our righteousness. You are our healer. You are our provision. You are all the things that we need. And our eyes are turned to you. Just like Hannah in her desperation and in her distress, whatever she was facing, whatever people are facing right now who are watching this evening, I pray that they would take their eyes away from that and place them upon you, who is our victory in life. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Amen. Hey, I hope that's been an encouragement to you, stirred you in your faith. Come on, let's go into a new week, believing for great things from this God who is so many things to us. We love you. Have a great week.